puck is dropped, and it's showtime from downtown Winnipeg. Conklin's pass, a shot, they score! Shankly Connor scores! What a stop by Hellebuck! Nikolai Ehlers off the faceoff! Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. Well, hello again and welcome to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. I'm your host, Tyler Escadel, joined as always by Jets TV's Mitchell Clinton and 680 CJOB's Jamie Thomas. Before we get into things, uh, Jamie, uh, are you a U.S. citizen now after spending, <laughs> you know, the majority of 2022 in uh, the Massachusetts area? <laughs> I, I know a lot about the area around the hotel where the Jets were staying. Just let me tell you that. I, you know what? It was, it, was a, it was a wonderful experience and it was... A long experience. Um, the fact that I couldn't get back into Canada was kind of frustrating after the five days that the CDC let me out of my uh, quarantine situation. So you know, we had we, we had been down there long enough, right? And then uh, as yeah. as the time went by, and back home here with my wife and three kids, a dog and cat, uh, the stick kept snowing and snowing, and it got colder oh, yeah. and colder. So <laughs> my uh, my easy little holiday was uh, not, you know, wasn't a thing to bring bringing up i guess yeah, was, so, yes. oh honey i have to sit here in this hotel <laughs> room again so yeah, yeah it, 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 i'm glad it's over and now i have diplomatic immunity everywhere i go for a while <laughs> <laughs> uh all right lots to talk about on the podcast here uh we'll obviously chat about that big emotional victory against the minnesota wild this week uh, and then let's talk about the blueprint and finding success and keeping consistency. We'll talk about that. Chevy, he was in front of the microphone on Wednesday, uh, meeting the media for a sort of state of the union, as he usually does every year, sort of the midway point. Uh, so we'll hear a little bit from Chevy. We'll get uh, your thoughts on that, Jamie, as well. And then to close things out, we'll look ahead to the games coming up for the Winnipeg Jets, some big divisional games this weekend upcoming. And uh, Mitch, we'll just do a quick all-star game debrief. Uh, Kyle Connor's first ever trip to Vegas for the NHL all-star weekend. So uh, lots coming up on the show. Uh, Mitch, let's start things off by going to a faraway land as of yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us about... The Minnesota Wild and the Winnipeg Jets, uh, a great game between the two division rivals. The production value just continues to grow. Um, <laughs> there we go. Well, I mean, we heard a lot of that on uh, on Tuesday against the Minnesota Wild. Finally. Yeah, exactly. Fans in the building, it was awesome. Uh, and they were treated to a really good one. And, you know, I've been doing this for, for a while. And to see two fights at the exact same time, it, it almost looked very WWE because, you know, Dylan throws the hit in the neutral zone on Felino, then Greenway comes to get Dylan, and then Felino's on his way to be like the third man in, but Adam Lowry, very tag team WWE style, grabs him, and all of a sudden we just a melee in, in the neutral zone. I mean, it was awesome. And, and on top of that, you know, the Jets get a power play out of that one, and uh, Mark Scheifele is able to score and ends up being the eventual game winner. Uh, and I don't want to brag, but he was the Jets TV player to watch against the Minnesota Wild, so shout out to me. You should brag about it, yes. Me. <laughs> Big shout out to me. Um, but overall, I think the, the Jets just played a game that they can be, I mean, proud of, obviously, but one that shows that, you know, if you play this certain way, you control the middle of the ice, which the Minnesota Wild were, were, are so good at getting to. The Jets were able to, to neutralize them. They had the edge in high danger chances, uh, according to Natural Statric, uh, which is something that, you know, you look at the first couple of games against the Wild, it's been run and gun, uh, which, you know, not a style that the 
a lot of people will associate with Minnesota, but this is a completely different Minnesota team as we've seen this year. And the Jets were able to, you know, make it difficult for them to get through the neutral zone and get, you know, set up in, in the offensive zone. Yeah, they had some offensive zone time for sure. They are a good team that's going to generate some chances. They were 9-0-1 going into that game. Uh, but Connor Hellebuck was solid when called upon, uh, which was seven times on Kirill Kaprizov. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, the Jets were able to, you know, make some things happen in the offensive zone. It could have been 3 nothing just by Vili Hainala alone. Uh, who I thought played a really good game. But on top of all of it, I think I just think it's a, like you said off the top, Tyler, it's a template, it's a building block. Now the key is you got to go do it again. Well, doing it again, obviously, is the name of the game here. Uh, lots of hockey to come, I believe. It's a start of, what, 40 games in 81 days. Mm-hmm. So uh, no shortage of uh, things for us to talk about, clearly. Uh, but, Jamie, Mitch mentioned it at the beginning of his answer. You know, two fights at the start. Mm-hmm. That game had zest all over it. Just what can a win like that that just carries emotion and you're invested? It's not, you know, eh, we we won 5-3 or whatever. Like, there was some hatred out on that ice. And just what what can that do to just galvanize a club and spark a club? I think, first off, it shows that they like one another, stick up for one another. That's that's the start of it. And that they can go up against a team that is heavy like the Minnesota Wild and have built their identity through that throughout the season and play that game with against them um they buckled down defensively when things got emotional the jets didn't get overly emotional so there wasn't a lot of stupid after the after the whistle stuff which you got saw a little bit from the other side of people losing um their emotions um we're talking about marcus felino but the jets kept it together and they very easily couldn't uh, they could have lost it the way the things have gone this year so that keeping that their wits about them and sticking to the game plan and sticking up for one another and getting key saves from your goaltender, a big goal from Mark Shifley. I think those are the types of things where the coaching staff can say, see, when you do this and play this style of game, you can be successful. Now, I don't know if the Jets want to play that style or will run against teams that are going to play that way, but you got a game, a bunch of games more here against your division that you're going to have to play that style, especially coming up this weekend. So to answer your question, Tyler, this is – something easily that you can build off of and uh, continue your emotional push towards the playoff spot. Lots of hockey to come here at Canada Life Centre. And uh, with the expansion of the public health orders, uh, as it stands right now, 50% uh, capacity is the number. So uh, I believe there are some tickets available. Uh, You can go to winnipegjets.com backslash tickets. Uh, They've got the 14th, the Monday, against the Chicago Blackhawks. And they go Wednesday, Thursday, Against the Minnesota Wild, which I'm sure will be a spirited tilt. And then uh, Seattle Kraken come to town for the first time on Thursday. And then they close out that little homestand with a Saturday afternoon uh, matchup with the Edmonton Oilers, which uh, with the way the Oilers are going these days, that could be a very fascinating game uh, as it stands right now. So winnipegjets.com backslash tickets if you'd like to attend a hockey game here in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Uh, Mitch, the, the talk of the blueprint was something that came up post-game against the Minnesota Wild. And if you look at the last three games for the Winnipeg Jets, two of the three were great. I mean, it's been talked about at length how much they really liked their game in St. Louis. And then you have a bit of a a break. I believe it was two, three days between the St. Louis and Philly games. And then you go into the break on just kind of a crummy effort and meh game against Philly. And you've got to chew on that. And I think I speak for all Jets fans. Everybody's frustrated. Like, 
This is a team that had giant expectations on them, and expectations are what they are. We can talk about those till we're blue in the face. But just how important was it to sort of get back to that game that they had in St. Louis here in Winnipeg against Minnesota to sort of maybe keep that good feeling going? And when you look at that blueprint, what it what is that, and how do you play to it? Well, I mean, important in that you're playing – five straight games against central division opponents here that's and the wild are two of those games and then you're looking at you know this coming weekend you got dallas a team that you're chasing nashville a team that you're behind and then you got a game against chicago who is right behind you so i mean those are games that you just you, you just have to get points in uh to be able to continue to climb up the standings but more importantly and i and i believe uh it was on our post game show that uh kevin sawyer brought this up where he basically said you know it's about accepting the game as it is so yeah you know some games are going to be a little bit quicker than others I don't expect like say you look at the end of the month the game against the Colorado Avalanche or like you mentioned at the end of that homestand against the Edmonton Oilers I don't expect it to be as physical or uh, passion filled in terms of physicality as the Minnesota Wild games but you still have to do a number of things well number one defend well in front of your own net just defend well overall but in your own zone you really want to control the middle of the ice because you look at the teams that you're going to that you're going to play against Minnesota was you know third most goals for in the National Hockey League you got Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl well you don't want to give them the middle of the ice that's for sure and then the Colorado Avalanche just to finish out the the three teams that I listed that's a team that you know put up seven on you a little bit earlier in the year and do that to a lot of teams just because of the way that they're built and that top line and Kale McCarr and all of those uh, players that make them so dangerous. And it doesn't get really any easier the rest of the month. There, It's all Western Conference opponents that you need to pick up points against. So control the middle of the ice in your own zone. And then at the other end of the ice, be strong in front of the net, make some things happen. And then also at the same time, you're going to create chaos by doing that. But it's also play fast and be hard to play against. And we've heard Dave Lowry talk about this a lot. It's not necessarily going into the corner and running over guys like, you know, Brendan Dillon and Adam Lowry are capable of. One thing that stood out to me against the Wild was, you know, your guys like Cole Perfetti, they weren't shying away either, but they were going into the corners and they were coming out with the puck. If you, you know, a bunch of us played minor hockey or whatever, teams that are hard to play against are the ones you just can't get the puck off of. And when you do get it, it's the puck is contested over and over and over again. And it, you know, it, it's the exact same thing at the National Hockey League level, just everybody's bigger and everybody's faster. So Cole Perfetti found a way to win a number of puck battles. That was important to the Winnipeg Jets. So win your puck battles all over the ice, control the middle of the ice in your own zone, and create havoc in the middle of the ice uh, in the offensive zone, and a lot of things are going to go well for you. You mentioned Cole Perfetti there, that line of him and Andrew Kopp and uh, Kyle Connor looked quite good for a trio of guys that really haven't played too much together, yeah. especially coming off the All-Star break. Jamie, uh, Kevin Cheveldayov, the general manager of the Winnipeg Jets, met with the media uh, for the first time since uh, Paul Maurice's exit from Mm -hmm. the organization. Uh, He provided an update on a number of things, uh, which our listeners will hear in a little bit. Uh, You can check out the full uh, interview on winnipegjets.com, the video section. But just your thoughts on what Chevy had to say. There was a number of topics covered, including just... The season so far, uh, the trade deadline that obviously looms in a few months, just what did you think from the general manager? I think first off, 
he made it clear that there's nobody pushing a panic button right now within the organization. They realize there's a long road here ahead and a lot of games to get back into the the playoff conversation, the Western Conference. So it's easy, you know, to look, okay, if things don't go well, are you thinking about doing this? And Chevy made sure to cut that short too, right? When he was asked that type of question, they're not thinking about that because they're just focusing on what's going on right now. Um, I think, acknowledged all the challenges this team has gone through this year, uh, how he's had to balance the salary cap when certain players go are out with COVID. And I think that's one of the things we overlook. We look at the roster and go, oh, man, how hard is that for the coaching staff to piece together this guy? It's it's a lot of a headache, too, as well, for Larry Simmons and and Kevin Cheveldale to make sure they're salary cap compliant and have the right mm-hmm. roster. And you got to keep leaning on the Manitoba Moose a lot through this whole part, too. So there's a lot of headaches going all over the place whenever COVID comes into the situation, too. So there's a lot of comments. I I felt he handled himself very well. I don't think things got off the rails too much in terms of pointing fingers of what's going on here. I think Kevin did a great job of putting things right back on the track of of where things are, that they're still feeling very good about where they are, or uh, feeling good about their opportunity to get back in the playoffs and acknowledging the great games that they've played in Boston and St. Louis and Pittsburgh and the game against Minnesota the other night, that they do have the capabilities to play against the elite teams in the National Hockey League. And I think as a general manager, and certainly for the management group, they have to be wondering, why would we give up now or start thinking about next year when this group can play this type of game? We just want to see the consistency come in. And he also made sure to acknowledge the job that Dave Lauer and the coaching staff have done keeping this all together. Yes, they're out of a playoff spot, but they've kept things, you know, upbeat and they've kept things in a situation where these the, the Jets can play a game like they did last night. Not to mention the Manitoba Moose and their group as yeah. well. I mean, they're sitting fifth in the AHL as we record this. And yeah. another thrilling overtime victory on uh, on Tuesday. So uh, things, are, things aren't all bad, I think, is what was communicated and and just organizational depth right exactly yeah the one thing that struck me is is he used the word anxiety Mm -hmm. when it came to the covid situation (laughs) and i and i understand what he's talking about and both he and dave lowry have talked about the josh morrissey situation where he comes in for five o'clock and then he's told he can't play like that's a microcosm i think of what's gone on with COVID, especially this trickle-down effect that the uh, the club has kind of run into. But hopefully we're on the other side of that. You'll hear from us in a little bit. Uh, right now, you'll be listening to a few clips from Kevin Chevaldeov's, uh media conference on Wednesday, uh, about eight minutes worth. And as always, thank you to our local media for helping uh, us generate a little bit of content. So without further ado, here is your general manager. Shop where the players shop. Jets Gear and TrueNorthShop.com are your authentic team stores. Make sure to stock up on all your favorite Winnipeg Jets and Manitoba Moose merchandise today. Visit one of the five Jets gear locations or shop online at truenorthshop.com. Hi, this is Adam Lowry and you're listening to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Well, I think it's been a a, a very unique season. I think that um, obviously lots has transpired in a a period of time that... uh, um, you know, you sit back and, and you look at it. It's uh, all the different things that the the, the group has had to endure. Um, but it's it's been an emotional season. It's certainly uh, had its ups, had its downs. But um, you know, for us, I think the main focus you know has to be this stretch run, this this next uh, next part of it. And, and um, 
we've had a lot of games postponed, pushed into this this second part here, and, and uh, we need to take advantage of that opportunity moving forward. How does a later trade deadline impact things, especially given where your group is at? Well, you know, trade deadline's obviously always a unique situation uh, for any organization to see where they're at and, and uh, what the opportunities you know are in, in front of them. Um, you know, given the fact that we had the the supposed Olympic break and it and it, and it uh, uh, pushed it back, I guess you know the, it is a little bit of a blessing that we were able to find the days in the Olympic break to put those games in, so that um, you know the trade de- deadline is still kind of a relevant date when it comes to the number of games played and and uh, and where you're at. So. Um, you know, for us, it's it's uh, uh, again we've got a lot of hockey to play before the trade deadline here yet. So there's there's lots of uh, lots of runway here still for us to um, to do the things we need to do. The the injuries and and all the stuff that's been happening. Maybe it's been hard to get a look at the job Dave Lowry has done because there's been so much outside stuff he's had to deal with. But what's your take on how he's handled those challenges and just being behind an NHL bench as a head coach for the first time? Well, I thought he's. I thought he and the staff have handled the challenge as well. I think that uh, you know, again, it's it's. Uh, uh, it was an emotional time, I think, for everybody uh, when things transitioned. But um, you know, at the end of the day, we still need to find results here. You know, and and I think when transitioned, you know, we, we were three games over 500. Um, you know, obviously the Washington game happened that day, so you know now we're two games over 500. So. You know, we, we need to find a way to make some progress, and that's where you wish that um, you wish that some of those games, you know, like the Washington game or even that Boston game, where you know they score the late power play goal, like you, you'd like to either grind, you know, another point out of there or, or get some reward for, you know, for the the game in, in you know in Pittsburgh. Um, um, so certainly, you know, again, I think you look at the individual areas. I think the, you know the penalty kills improved. I think that um, you know the, the power play has kind of been you know the same. It struggled for a while, it scored for a while. Um, you know, so from that aspect of things, I think you know still we need to find a way to um, you know to, to, to win on a consistent basis, and that's going to be playing a team game. And and and, and no matter who's in the lineup. Uh, and I know that's easy to say because it, you know, again, you want, you, you know, the players can only prepare what they have to prepare for. But you know, you, you'd like to see some consistency. You'd like to see some chemistry um, that that can develop. And, and um, you know, hopefully, when we you know get out of this round of uh, COVID, that um, you know maybe we'll find a way to to, to get lucky here and, and and have a consistent lineup moving forward. Injury wise, like I say, there's still going to be some challenges here with some players on the timelines in getting back, um, you know, to uh, to full strength. Had a really busy, obviously busy summer. Addressed several areas that the team needed. You mentioned here you obviously haven't hit expectations at this point of the season. I'm wondering how much you feel is on your shoulders for where you are now, but maybe more importantly, how you improve moving forward. Well, obviously, you know when you're when you're the general manager, it's always on your shoulders. It's it's you, you feel responsible for all aspects of your organization, whether it's you know the on ice product here, the on ice product with the Moose, the you know the 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 level of prospects in your system the you know uh, again the the lack of draft picks that you've had over the few years to try to you know chase the chase it down of which you know you wouldn't change anything of it but there's always a price you know that that you kind of pay and um, you know, for us, we're in a, in a in a an interesting situation. We made those trades during the summer to to address those needs. We knew that we were going to be up against the cap. Um, you know, we start the season with a 22 man roster because uh, of the cap, and uh, have really you know kind of 
rode through the injury side of it, you know, from an LTI standpoint by putting, you know, Wheeler's money in LTI and Nikolai Ehler's money into LTI now. But you want to become a, health, you know, a healthy team so that you can see, you know, where, where things are at with your group. But that comes at a cost as well. Like when, you know, when and if we do get healthy again, we're going to be right at that cap number again. So, you know, people talk about what are you going to do with the deadline? Are you going to be a buyer? Are you going to be a seller? You know, where are you going to be at? So certainly there's lots of, lots of things that you, you have to focus on. But, you know, the, the, the reality of the situation is if we are a healthy group, we are going to be at the cap. Anything we do do will have to be money in, you know, or money out. Um, I think for us, you know, for me, my focus, you know, throughout this whole time has been to try maybe to find hockey deals. Um, if there's you know some hockey deals out there um, that uh, th- that can come into play, a lot of times they're tough, tougher to maybe do during the season. So maybe it's you know those are things that you're going to be doing in the off season. But certainly our focus, full and foremost, is 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 now. And if there's a way you know we can improve the team or an area of the team right now through a hockey trade or um, you know uh, then we're going to certainly look at that. Don't improve over the next month as a trade line, deadline comes up. Are you prepared to be sellers? Are you prepared to do a shakeup? Just given, or is it is that too drastic in one half season? I think it's too premature to sit here and say where things are going to go because uh, you know again, I, I, I think that you can fall into that trap very very easily of of trying to look too far ahead. Um, you know. As a management group, you're preparing all the time for for different things. We had our pro scouting meetings in in Philadelphia. Um, you know, after the St. Louis game, we had two days off on the road, so in a unique situation where we could bring our scouts in maybe and and have a face to face meeting uh, with them, which was which was good. And um, so we you know we discussed all, you know a lot of different things, but um, you know uh, again to try to sit here and crystal ball where things are going to be and what your mentality is going to be, you know, when things are still six weeks away and, and so much hockey that we have, uh, you know, in front of us, um, it, it's tough to say right now. But, again, I, I, I like to think that, you know, we're going to see, uh, you know, more of these kind of grinder games as we continue to get going. But it, it, it's going to be a challenge. I think I think one of the things that is going to be a challenge is obviously managing the fatigue, but but the, the, the non-practice factor, I think, is, is going to be – um, it's going to be difficult because, you know, you have to balance things in, uh, you know, in the National Hockey League, the, the rest, but you also have to, you know, find the way to, to keep sharp. I wanted to ask one quick one on uh, a prospect that you didn't mention earlier, Nathan Smith. Is there anything you can tell us about? Uh, he's having a really solid year, obviously, uh, what his status for- Sure. So actually, uh, after the St. Louis game, I flew into uh, Minnesota, and um, we actually went to dinner that night. And just, you know, obviously we knew he was going to the Olympics and real excited for uh, you know, for him, and, and uh, so we're we're hopeful that there's an opportunity. Now they've got a really good team, so they could potentially win the national or go for the national championship. Which you know, again, it would, would be a long long run. But um, you know, we're hopeful that there's a chance that we could see uh, you know him um, you know at the end of the year. And uh, he's someone that you know probably would have we would have seen a lot of this year you know playing in our lineup because uh, um, you know he is a very skilled player, and uh, you know I think really would complement a lot of the, the players that we have uh, within the organization here. So um, we had a good conversation and, you know, looking forward to watching him uh, on the Olympic uh, side of things there and then see where things go uh, after, uh, after his season. 
Winnipeg Jets fans, did you know that online 50-50 tickets presented by PlayNow.com are available for all Winnipeg Jets games? That's right. Whether the Jets play on the road or at home, you can participate in the game day 50-50 draw. The winner will take home half of the jackpot with all proceeds in support of the True North Youth Foundation. Remember to buy your tickets on all Jets game days at WinnipegJets.com slash 50-50. All right, into the back half of the podcast here now. Jamie, uh, I'm going to get you to keep talking. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Winnipeg Jets, a couple big divisional tilts uh, this upcoming weekend. Dallas and Nashville, uh, I believe it's a Friday, Saturday. (laughs) It is. Event. I don't blame you for missing what day is going to be, and this is all starting to jumble together. It seems like the same day every day. Is it game day, practice day, or off day? <laughs> That's pretty much what the calendar is. You know what it is? No more testing days, except for the ones where we got to go across borders. Yes. Not right. an everyday testing day, so that's... That's good for you guys now. That's nice. It's very nice. Uh, Nashville and Dallas. Dallas, Nashville. Pardon me. Uh, Jamie, just your thoughts on those two matchups and, and what the Jets can maybe take from this little nice three-game stretch they've mm-hmm. had here into this next two-gamer. Well, first off, Dallas is one of those teams the Jets have to get over top of to pull themselves in a wild card spot in the, in the Western Conference. So another couple of games that are, are going to be that heavy, emotional style game. Jets, for whatever reason, or not for whatever reason, they're divisional rivals. They've they've played very tight games against Dallas. Dallas has kind of been floundering and played well for a bit and uh, haven't been able to keep it consistent for them. And then I look at Nashville, you know, the Jets played very well against them earlier in the year. But they ran to a hot goaltender the last time they were in Nashville. And I keep thinking, you know, hearing that the Jets didn't play very well in Nashville. And I disagree. I felt they were just as good as Nashville was, just that UC Soros was phenomenal. And uh, that, that was, to me, was the difference in that first period and why the Jets were down by three instead of maybe tied or, even you know, around. They played just as well. And then I think maybe that's the back half of, of a, a you know the second game in as many nights but i just think the jets still have a lot of tank, gas in the tank because you're just coming off the all-star break you have two days between games between dallas and here so it's i think it sets up well but two emotionally charged games i believe are coming up this weekend on the road for the winnipeg jets it's going to be fascinating to see how this next couple of weeks mm-hmm. pans out because you know you pick up five six wins like the conversation becomes instantly different yeah. and i think the vibe as well so uh here's to positivity uh, speaking of something positive, let's close it out. Uh, Mitchell, you and I were down in Las Vegas, Nevada, <laughs> for the NHL All-Star Weekend. Uh, just your thoughts on the weekend as a whole. Obviously, Kyle Connor uh, partaking in the festivities for the first time in his uh, young NHL career. Just what did you think of his performance at the event and just the event as a whole? Well, first off, we got to go because we were also named Digital All-Stars. Mm-hmm. That's, ah, yes, that's how it works. Be, it might be self-proclaimed, but... Uh, nonetheless, anyways, um, I thought it was a really great weekend for for Kyle Connor, and it's cool to be able to go there and and kind of follow him around a little bit. I'm sure he was annoyed of us, but just to follow him around to get uh, an idea of you know and he show wasn't fans annoyed. <laughs> just to show fans what it's like you know to be at these types of NHL events. Like the Jets were were so lucky the last few years, you know, with Global Series, couple of Heritage Classics, you know. They were involved in these NHL events uh, very frequently. So sometimes when you when you don't have them for a bit, you know, obviously pandemic and all that kind of stuff happens. Uh, like, I don't know I don't know about you, but I, I grew to kind of miss it a little bit. So yep. for uh, for Kyle Connor to be named an all-star and to get the reward for just a, 
a fantastic season so far. Yeah. Uh, it was great. And then just to see him recognized along with, you know, some of the best in the league this season was, was well-deserved for him. And I think it was neat for him as well as uh, Dylan Larkin and Zach Wierenski, guys that grew up together that now, you know, get to be at the All-Star game together. It was the first time for uh, Wierenski as well, only the second time for Dylan Larkin. So I just think it was neat for them to be able to hang out and then be at that event, you know, Kyle said, you know, during the, the NHL season, there's only so much time to catch up with your friends like that. So to have a few days where you're all there together, now they were playing on, you know, different divisional teams. Therefore, they were rivals, right? That's how it works. Yeah, I think and, so. they didn't like each other. Yeah, they were rivals uh, come come game day. But um, overall, just a really good experience. Media day, you know, always runs really quickly there. Um, skills competition I thought was fantastic. That Trevor Zegers goal is sensational um i watched that highlight a few times i think it's just it's like so epic when he's like halfway through that move and he's got his back to the net and the dodgeballs are flying in i just think it's like such a incredible photo anyway so that that really stood out to me the games were what they were obviously uh the central was only one in five in that three on three format and connor scored in the uh the semifinal game to help them get their second win in the three on three format and then they ultimately dropped the the final. But overall, just a really good weekend, um, a lot of fun. And then uh, just to see Kyle get recognized that way, um, I'm sure will only propel him going into the second half. Yeah, for me, the skills competition is where it's at. Like that's the the event that I yeah. I look forward to the most. It's the guys are pretty relaxed and. You know, everybody gets to show off the personality a bit. Some of it's a bit staged and goofy, but hey, it's that's what it's about. So yeah. um, I'm glad. I hope everybody enjoyed the content that came from the two of us and our good friend Katie McLeod, who uh, was on the social crew with us there. And uh, it wasn't just all-star related uh, down in Las Vegas. Uh, we ended up going out to Henderson, Nevada, which is only about a, a 20 or so minute drive uh, outside of the, the Las Vegas Strip, and we met up with a uh, former Moose goaltender, Fred Brathwaite. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, so he was he played for the Moose from 96 to 98, uh, back on that inaugural team after the Jets had uh, vacated the mm-hmm. uh, Manitoba Capitol. He was the goalie. And uh, so we chatted with him. He's now the goalie coach for the Henderson Silver Knights, the AHL affiliate of the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, so the Manitoba Moose content, crew we'll be putting together a little piece on that that we shot down there and then actually right after we uh we drove back into vegas i think i don't know how counties work down there um <laughs> and we met up with uh moose or moose jets 1.0 goaltender pokey reddick yes which yes. is a pokey in the bandit fantastic yeah. well i wasn't around here, so. <laughs> yeah fantastic yes, that, that. i remember that yeah, i totally remember those guys <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we chatted. Uh, we chatted with him as well, and uh, some great conversations. So we'll have a bunch of content coming from that, uh, including some Black History Month uh, feature pieces as well. Given that those two gentlemen are black and played in the NHL, so uh, a great natural tie in there as well. So uh, WinnipegJets dot com uh, and all our social channels, you'll be seeing those pieces soon. Uh, again, that just about wraps it up. I think. I think yes. so. Any, I think that's fair. That's fair. Any more? Uh, old time stories to show how old you are <laughs> can we wait till the next podcast so i have some more time to think about because my memory ain't what it used to be so thank you for that opportunity <laughs> enough said <laughs> all right uh all right it's time to go home I think. yeah okay yeah. uh on behalf of myself tyler Rascavell, jets tv's mitchell clinton and jamie thomas of 680 cjob your radio home with the winnipeg jets 680 cjob how do you end that 
Power 97. Also on Power 97? Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. That's enough. <laughs> Goodbye. Have a great week. This is Big Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. For Jets news, videos, and more, head to winnipegjets.com. Proceed when they